Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. We wait upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord, our God, you reign forever, our hope, our strong deliverer, you are the everlasting God, the everlasting God. You do not faint, you won't grow weary. You're the defender of the weak. You comfort those in need. You lift us up on wings like eagles. God, the everlasting God, the everlasting God, the everlasting, you are the everlasting God, the everlasting God, the everlasting God, the everlasting, you are. God, the everlasting God, the everlasting God, the everlasting. Well, I'm hyped up. <laughs> The everlasting God reminds me of the Energizer, buddy. <laughs> I'm hyped up. Oh, my goodness. It is, it is so good to be here. Good morning, everybody, and welcome, welcome to our online service. As Lauren said, I'm Reverend Kelly Kincaid. For those of you who do not know me, I am so excited to be here with you today for our new member Sunday. Um, 
Today, we're not going to have our fellowship uh, gathering because we're going to have our new member service at 11 a, 11.15 a.m. So please join us anyway. And those, this service is for those who are new members and for those who are rededicating your commitment to Unity of Farmington Hills. The link is on our website, and I invite you all to join us. Our Monday Zoom house party resumes tomorrow at 1 p.m. It was canceled last week because of Martin Luther King Jr. Day, but we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, also, our next, cri next critical conversations meeting is tomorrow at 7 p.m. on Zoom. Two weeks ago, the group was given a challenge to do two things. The first one was to hold ourselves accountable for healing, racial healing in the United States and actually around us by being better neighbors to everyone, especially those who are of different race, races. And then the second challenge that we were given was to um, learn about our unconscious bias by taking the Harvard University implicit bias test. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody's experiences were, being intentionally being better neighbors, and also what your unconscious biases were when you took the test. Um, I hope you all can join us tomorrow at 7 p.m., and feel free to invite other, others to join us as well. It's time for everyone to complete your annual membership forms for 2022. Um, so that we can update our records and prepare for our annual meeting, and also so you can reactivate your memberships. Um, this includes new members and current members. Every year, we have to update our records, and especially before the annual meeting. So I'm asking you all to please go ahead and fill out the form. All you have to do is go to the website, click on About Us. When the form comes up, scroll down to the form, fill it out, and click Submit. It's easy as that. <laughs> And then our annual meeting is on February 13th at 11.30 a.m. That will be on Zoom. So please have your annual membership forms completed by February 6th so you can be eligible to vote in the meeting. And also, I want to be able to turn in a, an accurate membership count when I do my annual minister's report to Unity Worldwide Ministries. So please, everyone, fill out your, the membership form as soon as possible. Two, this is going to be a short announcement. So to find the links to our weekly activities, to our services, meetings, and events, and also to check out our veterans page. We have a really nice veterans resource page and our next door page. Go to our website, unityfh.com, or you can read through the weekly newsletter um, that goes out every Friday afternoon. What else do I want to say? If you need to talk to me, or you'd like to, me to pray with you, please call me or email me. You can call me at 248-737-9191 or email me at seniorminister at unityfh.com. I am available, um, well, most of the time, but my office hours are Tuesdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. I'm available after office hours, so please leave a message if I don't um, answer the phone because I will call you back. You may also email your prayer requests to our prayer chaplain ministry. You can mail them to prayerchaplains at unityfh.com. And the beautiful part is after we prayed over your, your uh, prayer request for a month, we send them into silent unity so they can be prayed over again for another 30 days. So you get double the prayer. 
I want to thank our prayer chaplains, Roxanne Berry, Lynette Kelly, and Eileen Lindbergh for your sacred service to our spiritual community. I do not take it lightly. I appreciate having you all praying with me for our church, our members of our church, and also for me. Well, this concludes our announcements for today. And now as we join our music team or listen to our music team sing Surely the Presence, let's prepare our hearts and our minds to hear the daily word and for our opening prayer. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel God's mighty power and God's grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. So the daily word for today is pray for others. And for those of you who do not know, our, the daily word that we use for unity is a beautiful devotional, um, monthly devotion, well, daily devotional that we read. It sets the tone with a word or a phrase for the day. And you get an affirmation to affirm to set your consciousness and a message to help you to align and then it is wrapped all up with the scripture. And as I said, the daily word for today, January 23rd, 2022, is pray for others. The affirmation reads, I am praying for you. I'm going to say that again. I am praying for you. And the message reads, just hearing the words, I am praying for you, helps me relax into the calm strength of a trusted friend's faith. Reassured, I feel my own faith growing stronger. My friend may be next to me or calling from far away. The power of prayer is undiminished by distance. Grateful for the gift of others' prayers for me, I welcome every opportunity to pray for anyone who asks. Having heard the prayer needed, uh, having heard the prayer need, I let go of concern. In faith, I behold the Christ's presence within the one for whom I pray. Knowing the truth of another's wholeness, I release, all, I release any thoughts of illness. I'll say that again. Knowing the truth of another's wholeness, I release any thoughts of illness. I affirm divine wisdom guiding important decisions and divine strength. strength relieving any weakness I was hearing. I'm sorry, I got full, I got full. 
I feel the warmth of God's love bringing peace and restoring hope to those I hold in prayer. The scripture for today's daily word comes from 1 Thessalonians, it's chapter 1, verse 2. We always give thanks to God for all, you have, for all of you and mention you in our prayers. Speaking of prayers, let us pray. So let's gently close our eyes and take a deep breath. And settle ourselves down as we bring our focus down into our heart center in the center of our chest. And take another deep, deep breath, breathing in love. And exhale, releasing and letting go of everything that concerns you. Tuning into that one power and that one presence that is active in our lives and in the universe, God the good omnipotent. And God, as we tune into your presence within, we allow our minds to still and quiet down. We allow our hearts to open up. We move into having the eyes to see and the ears to hear as we are guided by you forward. We seek your truth in this moment. We seek your peace. And we thank you for your everlasting love that loves us no matter what. And we seek to love others the same way that you're teaching us to love you and teaching us to love ourselves, that we may be a strong vibration of unity and oneness in this world. And as we just sit just for a little bit in the peace of your love, we allow ourselves to open up even more as we gently continue to breathe in love And exhale deeply, releasing, letting go, and letting you guide our lives, letting you take control. We, send, we surrender it all right now. We allow your presence to feel our very being. And we thank you, God, for being that presence, that power, that source that we can tune into anytime. In the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ, we pray. Thank you, God. Amen. And now, let us affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all 
is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And let us go ahead and affirm our U of H growth affirmation as well, knowing that it is working. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Thank you for affirming that with me, and now we'll have our first special song. When things go wrong, it's natural to wonder what celestial rule did I break? When things go right, it's logical to ponder what credit can I take? But the truth is so much easier I don't need a master plan I can live here in the moment Cause my life is in good hands I don't need to know where the wind blows Cause God knows I don't need to know What the future holds Cause God knows I need never how pain ends, how my heart mends, I can just let go, cause God knows. But still I find I'm crying out for answers Guess I'm still craving control And still I find I'm afraid of taking chances As if I could damage my soul But it's this moment I remember it comes so clear to me that the minute I surrender, I'm as safe as I could be. I, I don't need to know where the wind blows, cause God knows. 
I don't need to know what the future holds Cause God knows I need never know how pain ends, how my heart mends I can just let go Cause God knows I need never know How pain ends How my heart mends I can just let I can just let go Cause God knows God knows God knows If you all were here, I'd say, let's give them another hand. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you, Michael. That was beautiful. Uh, that's a, um, you guys always come up with the perfect songs for the talks. And it's interesting because Nicholas doesn't always know um, what I'm going to be speaking on. Actually, I don't even always know what I'm going to be speaking on until the night before. Um, and then, but you always still come up with the perfect songs, and that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful song, Michael. Thank you again for that. Um, trying to get my books to stay. <laughs> I thought I had a joke, but I forgot it. So, <laughs> so, so I can't tell a joke today. But I, um, I'm really uh, missing you all. I'll say that because I know. Um, we were kind of abrupt with um, pausing in-person services because of the COVID going quick, you know, increasing so quickly. And then several people, um, you know, having issues after leaving our service. So I'm glad we did it. And I'm glad we're keep doing our best to keep everybody safe. But I do want to say I'm missing you all. Just want to say that to you all. I'm missing you all. Uh, so today, the title of my talk is which master do you serve? And this is kind of powerful because a lot of times we think we are on the line of following God. A lot of times we think we are doing our best and then we get sidetracked sometimes. We get distracted and we end up veering off, uh, veering off course. And it can happen so subtly that we don't realize that we're allowing the world we're allowing the world to have our focus. And so the title of my talk goes into in alignment with what we've been speaking on, 
with um, Matthew, and we're in chapter 6 right now. We've been discussing the Sermon on the Mount, and I, I'm going to keep saying it over and over again. I think this is the most powerful sermon ever preached by the most powerful preacher who ever preached, and I am grateful to be up here sharing um, his message from the way God's bring, brought it to me. Now, we've already talked about the first chapter, chapter 5. Matt, uh, the Sermon on the Mount is in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It's also in Luke. And in Matthew, what I love about the way Jesus does this when he starts off in Matthew chapter, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, and I keep saying this over and over again because the way Jesus, he was a master preacher. He was a master teacher because he always taught building upon each principle. So he got our minds situated first by getting us aware of a certain type of attitude that we needed to be in in order to receive the blessings of God. And they're always sitting there waiting for us. But unless you're in that consciousness, unless you're in that attitude, unless you're focused on that way of thinking, you miss experiencing them intentionally and consciously. And so he, talk, he talked about the Beatitudes, but it was after he saw the crowd coming in. And to keep himself from being distracted, he moved up on the side of the mountain and sat down. And we've been saying over and over again that what that means is that when the world starts to come in on us, when we start experiencing things that are overwhelming or that we get caught up in the world, that it's important to see it from a different perspective. So go up the side of the mountain. Begin to ask God to show me from a different perspective. And then root yourself in that perspective. When he opens his mouth to speak, what that means is he's, he's opening, his, opening up his mouth to affirm the next thing that is in his awareness. And it was his ministry. And he was sharing with the disciples his ministry. The same thing with us. Before we open our mouths, when we're in certain situations, we first quiet ourselves down in unity before we even pray. We gently close our eyes and take a deep breath to center ourselves in the heart center, which is where the vertical, the vertical part of our relationship, the spiritual part of our consciousness, aligns with the human part of our consciousness. So our relationship with God, we tune into it before we speak out into the human realm, which is the horizontal, represents the horizontal part of the sacred cross. And it's really important to know this. Because we are sacred beings. And I always say that the most powerful part of us, the most powerful part of us, is the part that cannot be seen. It's the spiritual essence inside of us that makes us individualized expressions of God. And as Jesus goes on to teach, he taught about uh, hip, um, hypo hypocrisy which is the Pharisees were always doing things for the action and get the attention. And then he, they would get distracted by that. And they, they kind of were um, caught up in all of the laws and all of the traditions and all the cultures and all of the customs of the Hebrew tradition, the Jewish tradition, so much so that they judged people who were not walking in alignment. They judged them. And... and, and Jesus is saying that 
The law is not there to judge people. The law is not even just there to just follow and make your life rigid according to that. Having and knowing and understanding spiritual law is there for us to move into a deeper awareness of who we are, to intentionally co-create a spiritual relationship with God, which is the law, in order to live a spiritual life in this world. Because we are spiritual beings governed by spiritual law, living a spiritual existence in this human realm. And when anything is going on in this world that we do not like, that we're not experiencing, that we're not liking how we're experiencing it, the, the truth of the matter is, is not the circumstance that's the problem. It's us, how we're experiencing it. That's the problem. Because one minute we can be experiencing it according to being, um, having turmoil and being upset. Another minute we can experience things through peace and calmness. It depends on our consciousness in that moment. And so Jesus moves into, in chapter 6, he moves into where we've been, teach, where we've been studying the last couple of weeks, teaching about money and possessions. So we talked about where are you storing up your treasure? Because where your heart is, is where your treasure is. We talked about the difference between treasuring something, making it valuable, and, uh, in a way, and then the object itself being valuable. And we talked about how in G what Jesus is saying is, to make the experiences that you have with God, to store those up. Because when you store up the experiences that you have with God, when you store up your understandings, when you move into a deeper awareness of who you are, when you begin to live the truth that you know and continue to live the truth that you know, your life becomes so much more full. And the treasure of your experiences is not of this world, which is, infant, which is finite and um, fading. The treasures that you truly experience are of the inside of your heart that is rooted in God that will never, ever leave you. That's why you can remember someone who's passed away and have such wonderful feelings in your heart because those experiences were accumulated from the heart space of love. And that's why those feelings, those awarenesses, those memories can transmute any hurt that you may have in the moments you miss that person. And I say that because I was experiencing that the other day. And I was talking to God and I was saying how I was missing my mother and my sister. And I said, but you know what, God, I have so many wonderful memories of them that I'd rather miss them with these beautiful memories than to have never experienced them in my life and be in a state of peace right now. Because those memories have touched me so deeply, have moved me so deeply, have enriched my life so deeply and so infinitely that I get to live from those experiences of their personalities in my life. And I get to let that legacy live on by sharing my sister and my mother's lives with others. And I get to keep them alive by sharing the funny things. And that is the wealth, that's the treasure of my heart that I choose to live by. That's the treasure of my heart that I choose to allow God to open up inside of me that I may experience this because we are here to experience a higher quality of life. The Bible says that it is God's great uh, uh, pleasure to give us the kingdom of heaven, but it's already ours, it's up to us to choose it. 
And then we moved into looking at the eye. Last week we talked about how the eye is the lamp that provides light in the body. And how what it means is when you come from a consciousness of spiritual awareness, you see past circumstances, you see the light of God in every circumstance, you see God's movement, you see only good in every situation. No matter what's going on, you see only good in every situation. It's not just that when you pray over yourself or when you see the healing inside of yourself that it lights you up and heals you. It's your whole way of seeing everything that lights you up and sees everything no matter what the experience. And that in moments of darkness, there's usually some type of doubt there. But when you move back into the faith and the trust in God, it shifts you back into the light. Because the light never moves. It is us who moves in our consciousness. The light is always there forever. And so today we're going to talk about two masters. Serving two masters. This is Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. And this is the New Living Translation. Um, well, I guess I can read the King James Version first because I like the King James Version. You can put it back to the King James Version, Howard. The King James Version is the most popular one. No man can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And, and, and as eloquent as that is, I, I appreciate the New Living Translation because it gives a little bit of more of an understanding. And it says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be de devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Let me say that again. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. God, slow me down because I am so full right now. Um, you've been working with me all week on this. Whew. This is powerful to me because, again, Jesus builds upon these concepts. He gets us open to the consciousness of treasuring up our experiences with God, of moving into understanding who we are in God's eyes, of having experiences of loving and being loved by God, and of having experiences of learning and understanding our powers, our faculties, the gifts that we have, and treasuring those up, those things that are invisible that are more powerful than the physical treasures of money and the, and the other possessions. And he shows us how wherever you're, whatever you treasure comes from the consciousness of your heart. And even when we're treasuring people and put people before God, we made them an idol. If we put things before God, we make them an idol. And then he, t he moves into the other part of the eye because so wherever your heart is, is where your consciousness is, and from that consciousness is where your eye is seeing, is seeing from the human realm or is seeing from the spiritual realm. And if your eyes are seeing from the human realm, then you're in a treasure where you're, you're going after those things that are fleeting and there's doubt and there's worry and there's concern there. And so your life is not filled with light. But if your world is, if your, con your heart is wrapped up in the consciousness of love and being loved and being a spiritual conduit of God's love, then everything you see, no matter what's going on in your life, even when this, this mic is acting goofy, I'm still seeing God's light in there. 
It, when, no matter what happens in your life, you stay light. You stay happy. You stay in a consciousness of a higher expression of God. I'm trying not to cry because I've had so much this week ah, feeling God. Then there's the two masters. And I'm realizing the two masters dwell in us. The way it's read is dealing with money and God. But the truth is, and th th there's a scripture that says that the people say that the money is the root of all evil, but it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And Jesus is, um, he's kind of um, alluding to that when he's talking about that, because when the love of money becomes your focus, and you go searching after it and wanting it over and over again for possessions, for, pro, for security, a sense of security, and maybe for prestige, then you are slave to that because it's never enough. You've never had enough stored up. You're always worried when you have to spend money. You're always worried when the bills are paid, have to be paid. And I was in that place before. I remember when, as I was thinking about this, I didn't even realize how far I've come. It's so amazing that that little uh, skit that I, the little... Uh, clip I showed you, put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking across the floor, <clears throat> and then put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out the door. When you walk out the door, most of the time when you move into kingdom living, you do it seamlessly. You don't even realize you've done it. Back in the day when I was younger, um, I used to worry about money so much. When I grew up, my parents used to sacrifice for us. And my father would say, you know, we, he'd be mad and say, we've sacrificed so much for you all. And I used to take it personally and think that I was a burden. So I used to always worry about money and not want to be a burden on my parents or a burden on anybody. So when I would get low on my money, I'd be worried that I'd have to, I never wanted to ask my, my mother and my father for anything. There were a lot of times I had to because of my circumstances, going through divorces and that kind of thing. But I never wanted to, and it's so interesting that every time I worried about money, I had no money. It was my slave, and I'd work more hours and have more money, and when I got money saved up, something would happen like my car would break down or something like that, and the money would have to be, I'd have to use the money to pay for that. Or something else would happen and I'd have to use the money to pay for that. It's like I was always so worried about being a burden and not having enough security in the bank or not having enough money to take care of my needs, to take care of my bills, to take care of my children, and to take care of me that I had never had any money. I was a slave to it. I was working a lot of hours. I had two jobs and I was still teaching my own classes and stuff too, trying to bring the money in. And it was so interesting to think about that because the moment I start, my um, coworker told me about tithing. I'm like, I ain't giving none of my money away. Are you kidding me? I barely have any to give. And she told me about just, okay, just give a little bit for a period of time that it'll stretch you. So I started giving $25 a, uh, every two weeks for my check. I was uh, 22 at the time. And then I started giving $50 out of my check as I got a little older. And then it was, it was maybe in my 40s, I started really tithing. In my late 40s, I started really tithing. I'm 53. Late 40s is 48. I started, I, I truly trusted God. And I can say now, I, as I was remembering this morning, sitting with God, I haven't had any issues about money. 
Like I turned it over to God. Like I stopped worrying about it. Like I said, my daddy used to say, if you're going to pray, why worry? If you're going to worry, why pray? I stopped worrying about it, and I started focusing on God instead of the money. I started making God my master instead of the money. I started truly believing that God was my source and not my money, not my job, not my boss, not anything anybody could give me. And I started even helping more people and ended up getting love offerings from folks. I wasn't even a minister. Well, I wasn't an ordained minister. I truly believe that what God sustains, God will ordain. I was a minister all my life, but I started bringing in love offerings for praying with people, helping people, and that kind of thing. And I, I, I'm just realizing this morning that it's been five years, maybe a little bit more, maybe seven years, since I started just tithing of my check, my gross not my net. Which one do you take home? Your net you take home, right? My gross, not my net. And I haven't worried. The moment I made that choice and put God first and made God my source, I haven't had any worries. I haven't had any worries. And the moment I do have worries, I'm making that worry my master. And I'm being a slave to that worry because my time is spent. The time I'm tithing is spent on that instead of on God, instead of on focusing on the circumstances and letting God take care of the circumstances and putting my heart in what can I do and listening to God inside. Whenever I'm worrying, I promise you I'm not listening to God. God is not my master. The truth is, there's two masters inside of us. It's the personality that focuses on the world. And it's the Christ in you that our personality can focus on. And the beautiful thing that I'm realizing is the more that I focus on God, the more that I align my personality with God, the more that I go inside of myself, and I'm always going inside of myself, to find out those dark spots so that I don't get filled up with darkness by looking at something from a false, error way of thinking, and then let that fill me up with worry, concern, and stress, or anger, resentment, unforgiveness, any of those things. Because sometimes you can watch the news and you can be all into God and you watch the news and you see stuff happen and you can get angry if you're distracted and let that I get distracted by darkness. And then that becomes your master, not God. So which master do you serve? The other thing that I realized about my life, I heard this... um, Heard this story about this tailor whose name was Zumbek, and he used to make these he, uh, suits and everything. And so this one guy went to get his suit tailored, uh, get a suit made by Zumbek. And he went back the next day. He was so excited to see the suit. The suit looked so good on the hanger, and he went to try it on. And one sleeve was short, a little bit shorter than the other. One leg was a little bit shorter than the other, and the buttons were kind of off, off, off skew. So he was telling Zumbak about it, and he got a little bit upset and said, you're wearing it wrong. He said, if you bend your leg up a little bit, the pants will be perfect. If you bring your arm up a little bit, it'd be perfect. And tuck your back up, and the buttons will line right up. And then so he did it, and he looked, at, <laughs> he looked in the mirror. He said, it looks good. And then he had to walk around like that, you know, for the rest of the day, but he looked good in a suit. When we make money and anything else a master that we serve, we get contorted in all these different ways. Our personality gets contorted in so many different ways. You end up moving into ways that are unnatural to you, unnatural to us. 
And after a while, it hurt. I'm walking around. <laughs> Can you imagine walking around like that? And he uh, got on the bus. And this guy said, ooh, you must have gone to Zumbach as your tailor. He said, how'd you know? And the guy said, because he, he does really good with handicapped people. <laughs> with their suits. <laughs> he went, the dude went to the wrong tailor <laughs> for his suits. <laughs> how many times do we make circumstances our master? And we get all turned out of inside out because of that. It's time for us to move into letting God be our master. And it is the truth that you will hate one and love the other. Because as you turn your consciousness, they're, they're opposite. You turn your consciousness to the one, and it depends on what, which one it is. Because if you're focused on the earthly, you will end up being, what is the word, irritated by the idea of moving into the spiritual realm and doing the things that we need to do to get our mind aligned with God. But if you, live, if you live with God as your master, serving God and not enslaved to money, you will realize that everything else falls into place because the one source is the source of all. All that you need, all that you desire, all that you will ever want, every solution that you need is all wrapped up in God. And the beautiful part of it is you don't have to go any further than talking inside. You don't have to go any further than quieting yourself down and asking, what do I do? What is next? And follow that guidance inside. The masters are inside of us. The one you serve is the one that, where your heart lies, is the one that you treasure. I say, let's serve God. Let's treasure God. Let's treasure all things connected to spiritual awareness in God. I say, let's live from a consciousness of having that relationship with God be the most important thing in our life. Let that relationship with God be your master. There, it, when we do that and we serve God, it's so much joy in that that you would love continuing to do it as opposed to the turmoil and worry and concern and stress that comes from chasing money and chasing possessions and chasing relationships and chasing uh, praise and chasing all of those things from the outer world. I say, let's shift our consciousness and let God be our master. And let's start from the inside out. Seek a deeper relationship with God. And I will say that for the rest of the time you'll see me, that those two greatest commandments are the two greatest commandments. Love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Let the light and the treasures of all this spiritual open you up into a beautiful experience of the kingdom of God and a beautiful experience of a higher quality of life. Have you ever had a moment where you knew God was there? Or am I the only one? <laughs> Lord, shake it to say it, everybody. In those moments that you knew God was there, was there a peace there? Was there a joy there? Was there a happiness there? Was there at least a knowing that all things are going to be okay? I tell you one thing. It's all rooted in God. And there's a deeper thing. I want to ask you a question. What's the difference between having money in a bank and you need this big bill paid and you know you can pay it 
versus not having the money in the bank, and you've got this big bill you've got to pay, but you know it's going to be paid. What's the difference there? It's faith. Whatever your master is, is where you're putting your faith. I suggest to us today, let's shift our faith in any area where there may be doubt, somewhere there's faith, somewhere else besides God. Let's not only make God our master, let's totally have trust and faith in God. And let's know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is the greatest master you can ever serve. Jesus said, I am not the master. When they called him good master, he said, I'm not the master. He didn't come to be our master. He came to guide us to the master. The master is God. And it's not outside of us. It is inside of us. Which master do you choose to serve? Do you choose to serve God? Or do you choose to serve mammon? Mammon is money and possession. I choose to serve God. And I ask you guys to affirm that with me. I choose to serve God. Together? I choose to serve God. I choose to love God. Together? I choose to love God. And as we do that, I promise you, when you make God your master, your life will never be the same. And it will never be the same on the highest experience, the highest quality that you could ever dream of. Thank you all. Namaste. When I'm alone, when I'm afraid, when I have had all I can take, losing my grip, I start to slip away. When I can hear the voice of doubt inside my head screaming loud, strengthen my faith and help me say today, today. I will follow, I will press on, even when the walk feels long. Your hands hold me together, your love is with me forever. Through the broken, through the victory, I will praise you through it all. And run hard till the race is done, I, I'm gonna press on, press on. I'm gonna press on, press on. storms have I been through? How many led me right to you? You're using the pain, the hardest days for my good, my good. So what do I fear? God, you are with me, guiding my steps today. Through the mountains, valleys, sun and rain, Lord, lead the way, lead the way. I will follow, I will press on, even when the walk feels long. Your hands hold me your love is with me forever through the broken through the victory i will praise you through it all run hard till the race is done i i'm gonna press on press on i'm gonna
gonna press on, press on. One step in front of the other. No looking back, no looking back. One step in front of the other. I'm gonna press on, I'm gonna press on. One step in front of the other. No looking back, no looking back. One step in front of the other. I'm gonna press on, I'm gonna press on. I will follow, I will press on. Even when the wall feels long, your hands hold me together. Your love is with me forever. Through the broken, through the victory, I will praise you through it all. And run hard till the race is done. I'm gonna press on, press on. I'm gonna press on, press on. I'm gonna press on, press on. One step in front of the other. No looking back, no looking back. One step in front of the other. I'm gonna press on, I'm gonna press on. One step in front of the other. No looking back, no looking back. One step in front of the other. I'm gonna press on, I'm gonna press on. You gonna press on? <laughs> oh my goodness, I love that song, I love that song. All righty, let us uh, clo gently close our eyes, take a deep breath, move into prosperity consciousness, and let come to you what you feel led to give as a donation to Unity of Farmington Hills. And let us go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. And uh, we're going to do a brief uh, prayer that just bring to mind anyone who you feel needs prayer that we can pray with today. And just call out their names as we do, knowing that we're in a virtual prayer circle. And God, as you hear these names being called out, we know that you are blessing each and every one of their minds, their hearts, their bodies, their souls, and their consciousness, that you're moving them into their highest and greatest good, that it is happening in your divine order, your divine timing, and your in your divine way. So we move out of the way through worry and concern, and we step into gratitude and praise, thanking you for answering every single heart's desire. In the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ, we pray. Thank you, God. Amen. And now let us go ahead and affirm our prayer for protection together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Now we're going to sing our peace song. Praise God, there's peace on earth. I know it begins with me. Praise God, there's peace on earth, a peace that was meant to be. With God as creator, family all are we. I now walk with my family in perfect harmony. I know peace begins with me, for this 
this is the moment now. With every step I take, this is my joyous vow. I take each moment and live each moment in peace eternally. Thank you again for joining in. Have a beautiful Sunday. Uh, hopefully we will see you at the new members service that will be at 1115. Peace and blessings. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.